Here's to the creative ones, the daydreamers and romantics, the dream makers, the risk takers, the fierce movers and the shakers, the mothers busting out of cubicles to make family life more beautiful. They're the happy ones, the gutsy ones who venture to a better future. They are the smarter ones who stop procrastination. They are the brighter ones armed with education. And while you may question their reality, call them pipe dreamers and irresponsible, their inner strength is powerful, which makes their drive unstoppable. And while some may see them as just creative or hopelessly romantic, we see passion. Because the people who are passionate enough to dream they can love their life are the ones who do. Welcome to Longevity's podcast. I'm your host, Cho Phillips, and this is where we take you on a journey of possibilities and introduce you to others who share stories of their journey to reach what I call longevity. And if you're new to longevity, welcome. Longevity is a belief we should all love life or create a life we love. And for many of us, that means freedom. Freedom to do the things in life that are important to us. It means financial freedom. It means time freedom. And in many cases, it means free to do the things you love to do as a career with your family and even to create your life's work. So, if you're in a place where you're looking to make a change or take control of your life, you're in the right place. If you have a powerful feeling or compelling emotion to journey towards meaningful work or a passion for something that gives you purpose and makes life more fulfilling. Then it's time to make a commitment to be true to yourself and create the life you love to live every day. Now let's get started. Today we had a chance to sit down with Jahan Francois, a graduate of Longevity's Wedding Planning Institute, and she walks us through her journey and her amazing opportunity to work with David Tutera. So sit back, listen in, and maybe we'll help you discover your longevity. My name is Gigi. Gigi. Oh, it's so pretty. I wish I had that background. <laughs> yeah, it's, we have the pink wall and Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get started. Gigi is going to ask questions. Okay. Yeah, so um can you give us a little background about of your journey and how you became a wedding planner and what drew you into wanting to become a wedding planner? So I started college in 1998 in Virginia, in Hampton, Virginia. And around that time is when like Pharrell and Timberland and Misty Elliott were really, really popular. And they were always on campus because they were from the area. So I started doing parties with friends. Um, and that was just to capitalize, make some money while we were in school. And through that, we started working with record labels and doing like album release parties and that sort of thing. So that's when I first started to do events and really be like, I like this. So then after college, um, one of my roommates started her own media marketing and management company. And again, I started working with her. We were both in Atlanta. Um, doing like corporate events like Porsche and Converse and Coke and different activations. And another one of our friends was getting married and asked us to help. 
And so I helped my friend do the wedding and I was, I thought it was really fun. And it was very similar to doing events, but I still just kept on the corporate party event theme. So then in 2008, my best friend in the whole world, we're only two weeks apart. We've known each other since our moms were pregnant with us. She was getting married in the Cayman Islands. And she said, can you plan my wedding? You do events all the time. Um, at this time, I lived in Atlanta and she lived in New York. And then the wedding was in Cayman. So I was kind of very scared and overwhelmed by this feat, but she had complete confidence in me. And so I did that wedding where I was also the maid of honor. And a lot of the vendors there were stopping me and my parents saying like, if this isn't what you do, this is what you need to do. So after that, um, my corporate day job, I was a director of marketing communications for a ton of nonprofits. And I worked at different agencies and I also worked for the Falcons. So every job I had, I had to plan some sort of event. And so after the wedding in 08, I was helping here and there every couple of years with a family or friend's wedding. Um, being that I was in the nonprofit world and in marketing, I unfortunately was laid off four different times. Oh, wow. So between 2011 and 2015. Mm -hmm. And so my first layoff in 2011, I decided I'm gonna be a, a wedding and event planner and I got an LLC, but then I found a job. <laughs> so I let it go and still just help friends and family. Well, after my fourth layoff, I decided I gotta figure something out. And I moved to North Carolina with my parents um, until my tenants moved out my house in Atlanta and was trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And that's when I decided I'm going to make this a full-time business. And in order to do that, even though I have a bachelor's in entrepreneurship and an MBA in marketing, I felt it was important to get certified as a wedding and event planner. And that's when I signed up to take Lovejevity's class. And so I officially lost my launched my business actually two years ago today, March 21st, 2017. And through Lovejevity, I've gotten some awesome opportunities. I was given the Dream Maker Award. And through that award, I was able to have a scholarship to go to David Tutera's Symposium last year in Santa Monica to get my award. And I was told that he would pick two attendees to work with him on at least one event over the next year. I had, I didn't think it would be me. I was like, I'm kind of new to this. It was about 30 people. There are people who have been wedding planners forever. And I was one of the two he picked. So please welcome to the stage and someone that will be part of our journey as we do a real event. When I say a real event, a challenging event of a client of mine somewhere here in the United States, Jahan Francois. So I had the opportunity to do a wedding with him in Brooklyn. And then this year, he also asked me to help with episodes of his new TV show. And so that's really helped me with growing my business and building it here in Wilmington, where I've only lived for like two and a half years. So I kind of was starting from scratch. But I went from like one local client last year to I already have seven for 2019. And then I still do weddings in other states from where I've lived or family and friends. And 
I realized I was always meant to own my own business, which I realized I knew since my undergraduate degree was actually an entrepreneurship. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of was like running from my calling, but now that I have my business, Amani Affairs, and just the support from my family, friends, and the community, and especially David, and Longevity Show has been awesome. It's just really helped me thrive as a wedding planner, as a businesswoman, and as a person. Yeah, and it sounds like um, through everything that you've been through in your past that it's just been your calling, and it, this has always been just pulling you towards towards the event industry, and that's beautiful. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with working with David? So when I went to the symposium, I was nervous because I had watched David on TV for years. It just was like, he's like the ultimate of what I want to be. And the first thing I'll say about him is he's completely down to earth and normal. When, we, when I checked in to register for the symposium, he's the person who checked me in. Wow. So I literally walked into the table and he's like, hi, what's your name? And I was like, <laughs> like I was just so overwhelmed. And then over the course of the next few days, he was with us at every session. He, tried, he ate every meal with us. And working with him is just like watching a master. It's like amazing to see how his mind works and how he solves problems or anticipates problems. And for me, I'm very organized. And the planning part is simple. But when it comes to design, I'm still building my confidence in that and my skill. And so working with him, it's like it stretches you in every way, but especially in design, because everything he does is big and grand and beautiful. And the more you see how his mind thinks, it helps you. And one thing I love about David and his whole team is that he is free with, with compliments. Like if he likes what you did, he tells you right then, or he sends you an email the next day. So you never have to wonder. And it's not like when I did like my seven love languages, words of affirmation weren't really high for me, but I realized, especially after working with him, how much it does like build my confidence and how much it means to me as a wedding planner. So I call David my planner godfather. <laughs> and um, it's just been awesome to learn from one of the best. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good to have someone there to mentor you and especially to let you know you're doing a good job. So there's a lot to learn from him. Um, also, I understand that you um, are also an interior designer. No. 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 Oh, sorry. Wrong question. <laughs> <laughs> event, okay. Okay. Event designer. Okay. Um, can you tell us more how you incorporate the two together in your business? So, as I mentioned, I do design and I'm every day growing stronger and feeling my confidence in that. I've always been clear about what I like and don't like once I see something. But now that I'm a full-time wedding planner, I become more confident in explaining what I want to see. So I used to be more of an editor, like you show me and I say, no, mm, no, add this. But now I can be like, I can talk to my clients and they say, I'm going for this kind of vibe and I can feel confident in going to Pinterest or just dreaming, really. Stuff comes to me at night 
thinking about how to make that come to a reality. And one of the things that really helped me with that is I did my first style shoot last year and I got it featured in a local magazine here. So I was really like, oh my gosh, this is my first style shoot. And usually when you get hired as a wedding planner, the bride like is like, this is kind of what I want. And you have like a baseline for what you're creating. But for the style shoot, the venue asked me to just do whatever I wanted. And so I basically planned like an imaginary wedding for myself. And that's when I really was like, I have a good eye for this. And got a lot more confidence in it. And again, I didn't realize the words of affirmation from other people. I was like, this is what I can do. So I always try, even if I'm just a month of coordinator, I always ask my brides or grooms to tell me, like to show me what they're doing along the way. Tell, show me their ideas. Even though they're planning it, I always want to be able to like insert some things that I think could punch it up or make it better. And so that's kind of how I always incorporate my, my eye and my love of design into every event that I do. Yeah. Great. So congratulations. Um, I understand how hard it is, you know, to go through the struggles and actually succeed in the business and commit and make your dreams a reality. And it's beautiful. And there are so many women out there that are going through the same thing as you. And I just wanted to ask, um, what advice do you have for others who are pursuing their dreams in this? Well, I'll start out by saying, this has been probably like one of my biggest obstacles. Um, one thing is I'm 38 years old, but I look very young. And so I've always had this struggle with like people taking me seriously. Uh, I was the third youngest in my business school program. And then my first job, I was director of marketing at one of the largest arts centers in the Southeast. And I was the age of all the other marketing directors kids so I always had to kind of like that was all that's always a hurdle I have to deal with of just being young and looking young and then as an African-American woman I always struggle with like not wanting to be the angry black woman or be seen as just as a woman that's too emotional or too sassy and so one thing I encourage all women to do is to own your voice. Never be afraid to speak up for yourself, to ask the hard questions, or to say what no one else is saying. Even if people want to put a stereotype on you when you do these things, as you prove yourself and they really listen to what you have to say, they'll come to understand that you're an expert and you're there for a reason. So I always have to like kind of give myself mantras about like, I am enough. I am smart enough, like I belong here because there's been so many instances where I've been made to feel as if I don't belong. Before my MBA, I worked in finance. I issued bonds. I wasn't your typical bond person. So it's always, and then I worked in sports. Again, it's like, why are you here? But I encourage all women to know, like, listen to your gut. It, will, it doesn't steer you wrong. And I feel like as women, we sometimes, or a lot of times, second guess what we think because of outside forces. 
But over these years, I've learned, especially, especially through four layoffs in five years, um, that my voice never leads me wrong. What leads me wrong is going against it. So have faith in yourself, have the courage to believe in yourself. And for me, faith is a big thing. I'm, I'm not super religious, but my Christian faith means a lot to me. So I would encourage anyone, whatever your faith is or whatever you believe in, to lean strong in that, and that will guide you through. As I look back, I understand why every layoff happened, why every bad situation happened, and how it leads, led me here. And so now I encourage myself and others to realize whatever you think is bad is actually for your good. And even if you don't understand it now, soon you will. Yes, that's beautiful. Oh my gosh, could have said it, couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so who are your biggest role models and why? So the first two that come to mind, and this may be like cliche, but one is my grandmother. Um, she passed away in 2013 from Alzheimer's and, and kidney issues, but she was a single mom to three girls. By the time she was 24, my grandfather and her had broken up. All she had was high school. She ended up putting herself through Boston Business School with three girls at home living in the projects of Boston to graduate second in her class. And then went on to work at State Street Bank in Boston for over three decades and buy a three story home in Boston, which was home to her and many of my family members over the years. So I, and then she continued after she, her kids were grown to take care of our whole family. She took in her sister when she had cancer. She, after her sister died, she took in my, her sister's grandkids because their mom couldn't take care of them. And so she's always been a role model and I wear her ring every day and I look at her picture every day because I just want to make her proud. Yeah. And then next would be my mom. She was one of those three who grew up in the projects and then she was able to get into one of the top schools in Boston, Girls Latin, and then get a scholarship to Tufts University and be the first black woman in their engineering program. Wow. So it's like, I'm surrounded. Like when I went to see Hidden Figures, I was like, my mom is a hidden figure. She was a mechanical engineer in the 70s at Tufts, one of the best schools in the country. And then when she started working at a nuclear plant, she went in with an afro this big. <laughs> and then lastly, I would say my dad. My dad was born in Haiti and he was orphaned by the age of eight. My grandmother died in childbirth, and my grandfather died two years later of anaphylactic shock. He had skipped grades in his village in school, but when it came to high school at Port in Port-au-Prince, he couldn't get in. His family didn't have the money. So he worked as a busboy at a local hotel with his aunt. A priest was visiting from the United States at this restaurant staying and saw that my dad was smart and worked with my, his aunt, my great aunt, to bring him to the United States. So at 
16, my dad came here as an orphan to a country that he knew no, no one and didn't know the language and lived in the room of a rectory of a church in Harlem. He spent his first year learning English and then went to one of the best prep schools in the nation, Lincoln Prep, then went on to get a full scholarship to Tufts where he met my mom and got his PhD from UConn and then spent the next 30 years at a, as an at-risk um, student advisor at a college in the Poconos. So, and then him and my mom get together at Tufts with these stories. And I went to college, I had my MBA. My little brother has went to Wash U for undergrad and has his PhD from UVA. And so they are, those, my family are my role models because I, I don't think I could have done what the three of them did. And so every day when things are hard, because being an entrepreneur is going to test you in ways you have no idea. I realized like my story's easy compared to those of my family. And that, that if they can do it, I know that I can. Yeah, definitely. You're surrounded by so many dedicated people and they're also strong and you're an inspiration to so many others that you don't even know that, you know, will watch you in the future and be like, wow, she made it this far. She did this. And I think that's beautiful. Thank you for being such an inspiration. Um, so my next question is, do you have anything planned for the future? And are there any goals that you can share with us? So, I mean, I always have like big grand plans. Um, even though I'm a planner by nature, when it comes to planning my life, I don't <laughs> do it as much, but I do like my goals, at least for my business is to get to the point where I have a team of planners that work for me and I can have, you know, multiple events on a weekend, um, to have, you know, 50 plus events a year and to work with budgets of like a hundred thousand and above. So that's like my ultimate ultimate goal. Um, short term, one thing that I'm working on is I'm planning to get my real estate license okay. um, because I live in a beach town that's very popular. Um, weddings and buying homes go hand in hand. Uh, it'll help with networking and getting my name out there. And the skills I use to sell myself as a wedding planner are the same skills I would need to sell a home. So that's something like I'm excited to work on this summer. Um, I always joke with Cho because I live with my parents again while I'm building my business. So I own a house in Atlanta and I have rent a tenant, but when I moved to North Carolina, I was only supposed to be here three months and move back into my house in Atlanta. And so one thing me and Cho always joke about is short term, getting my business to the point where I can live on my own again. <laughs> um, I always like make jokes like I want to be a grown up again. And uh, my parents are like, you have a, you're a landlord. You're more of a grown up than us. Um, but um, that's like a short term goal. And I love living with my parents because it's just good to spend time with them. But I lived by myself a really long time. So, um, and I eventually hopefully want to be, want to be married myself and, and be a mother and so that's another goal I have. Uh, I joke now that those who can't marry, those who can't plan, 
to <laughs> um, friends. But to be honest, like some people might not see that as a as a goal, but family is as I've talked about so much here is so important to me that having my own is probably like my ultimate goal. Yeah, definitely. Well, you are beautiful inside and out and you are thank you. Many. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And I know that you will make a lot of people, you will be a motivation to a lot of people. So thank you um, so much. Yeah, definitely. And then Mary, did you have any, more questions for? Don't. It was just great meeting with you, Devon. Yeah. Oh, thanks. And I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I tried to like hit hit stuff. I hope I wasn't too long winded. I am a talker. Okay. You you were you were amazing. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's very inspirational watching your journey. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, longevity, Cho, Mary, everybody's been so awesome. I'm like so happy, like, cause I've researched all these schools and stuff. I'm just so happy that I chose Longevity because the opportunities that have been afforded to me through the school have been like amazing. Like I know I wouldn't know David without it, you know, and chose always looking for ways to help me grow my business. And I don't think many other school leaders would take that much time to really like talk and get to know their students. So. You guys are awesome at Longevity, and I'm a very, very happy student, and I can't wait to take another class. I want to do the event design next. Oh, that will be great, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I'm trying to, like, this year I have more clients, so I should be able to afford to take <laughs> the class, um, but yeah, trying to get my business in a good place so I can uh, take another class. Perfect. Well, let us know if we can do anything for you. Will do. Thank you so much. It was so nice meeting you. Nice meeting you too. And I truly am jealous of your surroundings. Like, <laughs> Come join us. <laughs> is that like longevity offices? Yeah. Yeah. It's our studio. Oh yeah. I need to work there. <laughs> I need to visit when I come to the West Coast. That needs to be my office. That is gorgeous. Even though I feel like I would like get something dirty. <laughs> I love it here. Such a nice promise. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, so much white. I feel like a little kid sometimes around that kind of stuff. <laughs> but it's so pretty. Well, thanks, guys. All right, thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye.